Welcome to the fourth episode of Sociable, a podcast that puts you into conversation. Through this podcast, we aim to discuss social issues, norms, and observations, all in a sociable manner. I'm your host, David. I'm your host, Hector. The audio quality is going to sound slightly different today, uh, as due to COVID-19, personal and social contact is... uh, Highly discouraged. So Why do you sound like rec- a news anchor? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be uh, recording this just from our own homes over uh, Zoom. Which is to say, Edgar has a bad mic. So, yeah. All right. So what we're gonna be because I don't have the like seven hundred dollar mic that was bought. Oh, you know we got scammed for this mic. Like it was actually like five hundred fifty, and then it was kind of sus that it was like seven hundred something. Actually, the guy said it was nine hundred dollars. The guy, the guy said it was nine hundred dollars market price, but he reduced it to seven hundred dollars. And then, so I was like, "Why don't we look around before we buy it?" And then Edgar was like, "We might not get the discount if we come back." <laughs> <laughs> and now here I am. Anyway, uh, today we'll be talking about youth addiction in all of its forms, uh, like through gaming, substance abuse, and the like. Its problems and its impacts. Okay. So first, let's kind of just uh, explain why addiction is so prevalent among youth. Do you think there are any reasons why people talk about this so often? I mean, it's mainly because there are so many things that are accessible that you can get addicted to. I mean, you can just download any old like app onto your phone, and it's very easy to get addicted. Um, it's an easy way to procrastinate. Like you can just scroll through social media or Reddit, or you can just like. You know, open up a game or something and start playing for hours. It's a very low effort task that gives you this immediate gratification. Yeah, so people enjoy it a lot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd also say it's probably very highly discussed because it's just kind of shocking, right? Like these are children, effectively, um, and there's this sort of association with them as being very innocent or uh, like not being exposed to these kinds of more adult topics. So youth addiction is kind of given its own particular place in the media, where it's seen as particularly depressing or particularly, like, urgent uh, when it occurs. So I think it's important to sort of remove the stigma around talking about youth addiction and sort of talk about it openly. I guess it's also because, um, like, especially young children, they don't have the constraint that adults do around things like mobile、yeah. phones or whatever, just because their you know their brains haven't developed. Enough, and also by children we mean primary school children. Yeah, although it can extend to older children as well. Yeah, so both that,、um, perhaps the rise of things like media has made addiction more、uh, prevalent among youth, and also because there is a certain atmosphere around the discussion of youth addiction that makes it, firstly, very difficult to. Talk about, but secondly, I would wager that like kids or teenagers who find themselves addicted to things don't really have that many sources to turn to. I mean, like there's possibly social stigmas in schools, or they don't want to face shame from their parents. They don't want to face shame from their friends. So I'd say they possibly have the least amount of avenues to turn to. But also on the flip side, like addiction. Especially game addiction is sometimes glorified.、Uh, you see people being like, 
oh bro, I game for like 7 hours today, or I was up until 4am last night grinding out this one thing. It's honestly something that people shouldn't be proud of, but people still are. I guess it's kind of like really really low test scores. Like you see someone flaunting a 25% and you're like, <laughs> you just failed. Why are you so this happy? Is just, it's just becoming a study culture episode. Bro, everything is study culture. Which, which, is still our, which is still our most popular episode. Moving on. Uh, okay, so now that we've, we've sort of laid out what it is and how it appears in society, uh, what do you think are the main examples of youth addiction? I guess for me, the first thing that comes to mind is video games. Like, I was... I don't know where I got this from. I think it's like from some YouTube video. But I remember this one quote that was like, uh, you know you like a game very much when you playing the game impacts your life, but you know you're addicted when your life impacts you playing the game. Oh wait, like, actually, let me... Dude, that I hate recording Reddit. on Zoom. I hate recording that was on from, Zoom. That was from Reddit. I saw that post. Uh, okay, well, I didn't see it from Reddit, but I guess that kind of highlights how bad the problem can get, especially with video games that have a lot of... that are built to kind of make you come back. Like, you see a lot of video games implementing, like, a daily login system, or like a, something you have to do weekly and you miss out on like rewards if you don't do it so it kind of forces you to come and play again yeah i think i think about this sort of daily engagement system i think that's also prevalent in a lot of different social media apps right because uh like apps like snapchat encourage you to maintain streaks with people by talking with them on a daily basis uh or i think within 48 hours maybe and you send photos to each one of your friends, or you can send the same one to all of them to maintain the streak. And the streak racks up. Uh, and if you don't contact them within 48 hours, then the streak breaks and you start from zero again. So I got Snapchat like a few months ago, I think. And then I, I don't use it that much anymore because it was uh, exhausting. But the point is like, um, I find it very interesting how even though the streaks literally don't do anything, they don't give you any extra features, they don't give you any extra rewards, aside from seeing a digital number go up and up. I find it very interesting how that seems to be a very effective user retention mechanic, um, because from the look of it, it seems to be very effective in actually getting people to use the app every day. Also, a lot of people, uh, there's this thing where even if people get their phones confiscated uh, by their parents or if they can't use it because of a bad connection for a day, then they will oftentimes give their Snapchat account to their friends just so their friends can maintain their streaks for them. And that was always very interesting to me because I thought that was, I thought that was so strange and I couldn't understand it. But then at the same time, I play video games that I log into every single day or else I feel like I'll miss out on rewards. So I feel like I'm probably also guilty of that, and it's just very... It seems foreign until you actually get into it. That's true. Like, it's not just video games that utilize the tactic. Like, even like apps yeah. like Duolingo, you have to maintain, like, streaks. Or, or, the, or the owl will get mad at you. Or the or Duo will come to your house. Uh, <laughs> you know, I used to use, like, Duolingo. I know it's strangely addicting. Like, on the first day... You used to learn Japanese. I, I tried, I tried. Listen, 
dude, I tried. I I was on it for like three hours for the first day, and then I kind of gave up because it was just too taxing. Like the five minutes every day. Uh, also, for 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 context for our listeners, uh, David here. I'm going to cut this out. Is uh, he's a weeaboo. <laughs> uh, I'm. This isn't going to appear in the actual episode, so um, I edit this. I I'm the editor. I'm the final say. You're gonna keep this in the final one, just because it's funny. I'm I'm literally not. Okay, you're, I, I, you are. Whatever. Um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, like Duolingo. So, are there any particular mechanics that like Duolingo use uses to retain users? Yeah, actually, it's funny. How, <laughs> it's funny that we're using Duolingo for as an example. But what I can think of is there are like these weekly leaderboards, right? And to maintain your spot on your current league. Or to advance, you need to like be in the top three of like a given pool of people, and that kind of motivates you to uh, keep, you know, using the app. And basically, how the top three is calculated is every time you do a lesson, you get points, and then if you get like more right, you get more points, and something similar like that. Okay, so yeah, I guess a lot of these mechanics just boil down to wanting wanting you to engage on a weekly or daily basis. So that you can feel more engaged, or so that you feel like you're not missing out on something.、Mm. I feel like a lot of games nowadays they don't just like they rely on how addictive the game is to gain like audience to gain an audience. It's not always how good or like how well designed the game is. It's sometimes just flat out how addicting it is. Yeah, and I think that ties in very interestingly with like. The actual definition of addiction, because if I'm not mistaken, the definition is when you engage in it, even if it comes directly at your own expense, or like when rationally you know you shouldn't. So I think that's quite interesting, because if you think about what these mechanics are designed to get you to do, designed to get you to like feel a constant pressure to engage in it, even if you really don't have time, or if you know it's just going to distract you. And it's not going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form. So I think in this way, they directly and pretty obviously contribute to addiction. In which case, the question probably becomes: Do you think it's ethical that the apps use these kinds of tactics? I mean, a lot of other things use not similar, but also like psychological manipulation to kind of. Uh, not coerce, but to persuade people to do X, Y, or Z, like the way advertisements are designed to catch your eye, or YouTube titles are designed to invoke specific emotions、um, inside of people. Because, for example,、um, the emotion that gets the most clicks is like anger, I think, and then awe, and then sadness, something like that. So that's why you see like, oh, top ten X, Y, and Z, or like. Why doctors hate this one eight, trick? Number eight will shock you. Yeah. Till the end. Hmm. I mean, while I agree, I think that line of thinking has the potential to of like shifting the blame of addiction from the person. Oh,、uh, from sorry, from the like the source of the addiction to the person. I think it's a bit dangerous because I think how do I say this? I think, at the very least, there ought to be an obligation of firms or companies who probably have 
more resources at their disposal to learn about things like the effects that their marketing has on consumers. And I think there ought to be a sort of obligation there to think about the ethical component of it. Yeah, I think uh, companies definitely know about their impacts. Like, there's no way a multi-billion dollar firm doesn't know or hasn't conducted a study on that its apps has on, like, youth, for example. Even YouTube has, like, a, um, a feature where it reminds you to turn the app off or take a break every given number of minutes. YouTube um, does it? Yeah, yeah, you can enable it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I there's, like, screen time, too, on, like every phone nowadays sure. but it's i mean although companies have it it's something that kind of goes against their actual ideal as a policy which uh, not as a policy as a company which is you know to make money and if they decrease like audience retention they're going to make less of it especially with apps like youtube that rely on audience retention and um, the audience's ability to like view as many ads as possible to make money Okay, so I guess this just comes back to like the conflicting interests of the uh, producer and consumer. I mean, although it is within their ethical like obligations to kind of mitigate like the bad impacts that an addictive app might have, that kind of applies to like everything. Vaccine producers kind of have an kind of have an ethical right to say like remove intellectual property protections to increase like vaccine distribution or something. But they don't because money. So wait, wait, wait. Sorry, wait. I don't really understand what you're saying. Like IP rights on vaccines. Okay, but is that relevant to things like ethical obligation? Yeah. The point is that every company, um, not every company, but most companies, uh, can do something to alleviate the impacts or mitigate the potential harms of a given product or increase its benefits. But most of them don't do it because profit. Okay. Uh, I think financial incentives is probably separate from ethical obligations, right? Right, but it's what fi financial incentive is what drives companies to do usually the opposite of ethical obligations. Okay, sure. Uh, I feel like we might be getting a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. off topic. So, okay, so let's talk about. Hmm. Okay, so back to the core component of addiction like why do you think people psychologically might become more or less susceptible to addiction okay cycling so back back to what we said like two or yeah two episodes ago um i guess it's like idea of like instant gratification coming up again there's like no effort needs to be input for a big reward whereas the alternative would be you know like studying or whatever i guess people sometimes use um social media apps, video games, as a means of delaying, like, or procrastinating. But in the end, it kind of evolves into being addicted to that specific app, even when you're not procrastinating. I think, I think there's, there is a large genetic component to addiction as well. And I think this goes very under-discussed. Like, if your parents had a history of addiction, and you are significantly more likely to also have some form of addiction, I don't and think it's a like an inherent thing. It might be more like a. Um, it's not inherent. But there influence. is there is generally there is a genuine genetic component to it, and I think that's something that 
isn't discussed very often because people have this association of addicts as like people crouched on the side of the street, um, people that you just shouldn't associate with. I think a lot of the times addiction is very close to us. It's very like personal, and people just don't want to talk about it because they don't want to believe that uh, they too could become addicted to something. So I think it's important to sort of recognize that. It's not always, or I'd wager, oftentimes it isn't the fault of the addict themselves. That is true. Like a lot of the times, there's like going back to something like substance abuse or something like that. There's societal pressure. There's peer pressure. Yeah, there's a lot、yeah. of external factors that influence what you do, not just yourself. So I think what you're trying to get is like people are more susceptible to becoming addicted if there's pressures acting on them to do so, right? Can、you explain more on that. Yeah. So, for example, if you're at school and your friends are like,、uh, you know, egging you to like drink or something, then you definitely will. Like, I'm pretty sure we've all been in that situation, whether we've actually done it or not.、Um, probably differs, but <laughs> like when you have that kind of constant peer pressure, you kind of feel like you have to do it to fit in. And especially when society is so accepting of behaviors like that, it tends to increase. The likelihood of you being addicted or trying out something that you maybe shouldn't. So, in terms of like, there are lots of external forces that can encourage someone to do something, even when it comes to their own expense, which is kind of the definition of addiction. Like, when they consistently want to do it, they can't stop thinking about it, but they know rationally that they really ought not to. Mm-hmm. I guess the first thing. Other, I, yeah. I go ahead. Are there any other? I know. I was just gonna ask. Are there any other like reasons someone might become more susceptible to addiction than someone else? It could be like a lot of things, like、uh, socioeconomic status. If you're poor, you might use, say, like substances to、um, as a means of escapism,、um, as a means to cope with your situation, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, like the circumstances that you're in,、uh, and how addiction can provide a form of escapism to someone. Okay, wait, yeah,、uh, I found a few studies that say like a significant amount of your susceptibility to like drug addiction in particular、uh, can be linked to your genetic factors, like forty to sixty percent potentially. Um. So as as in like. Yeah, I think if your parents had a substantial addiction, I think beyond just like them possibly influencing your behavior, but there are genetic reasons why you might become more susceptible than someone next to you, and I think that does intuitively make sense, right? Because I would say peer pressure doesn't exist in a vacuum. Oftentimes, a lot of people are peer pressured at the same time, but they will react to those situations differently, and I think. It does make sense、uh, to think that there might be something out of their control, like genetics or other external factors, that don't really have anything to do with the person's own choices. Wait, so is it like an actual causation, or is it just a correlation? Because I think it's like very unintuitive that there would be an inherent factor. Like, if anything, it would be an atmospheric thing. 
or like a societal influence that leads people to be addicted to say like drugs coming back to get coming back to that again i don't I mean, think yeah. is it an actual causation i mean i don't think it's that unintuitive right because addiction is a mental thing and we already know for a fact that genetics plays a role in things like your mindset and things like yeah we know for a fact that genetics plays a role in like your psychological behavior so i don't think it's that far i don't think it's that far of a reach to believe that it might have something to do with the way you might react to certain stimuli all right well i did not know that oh well i might also be wrong so if someone knows more about this than us then uh please uh let us know um okay so what do you think of uh like the potential impacts of all kinds of addiction just like a very broad question throughout there to move on to our next bullet point i guess the impacts of addiction yeah hmm. i think there are certain impacts of addiction that most people probably know about just things like financial insecurity because you end up uh sacrificing a lot of your capital in order to feed your addiction but i think those are kind of discussed to death so i think it's important yeah. to know things that might not be as prominent uh, i think one thing that perhaps might go underexplained is things like how it affects your self esteem because i don't think it's like a lot of people say that people have no idea that they're addicted to something i would say that oftentimes people are very aware that they're addicted and they know it's not good for them so the fact that they're continuously engaging in sort of what's effectively self-destructing behavior i think that probably negatively impacts their self-esteem like there's probably a sense that they uh like they're that they're not in control i think that can be quite scary right yeah i mean by definition that's what addiction is right like it's something compulsive that isn't rational at all you can't stop it mm-hmm. uh yeah like what what do you think about impacts of addiction yeah i think i guess the basic ones are like emotional impacts uh psychological impacts like you said um behavioral impacts i guess that for example like it can lead to risky sexual behavior for emotional it can lead to depression or mood swings and the like i guess those are like the most general and uh widely known impacts of addiction what about social impacts like the way this person interacts with others near them i guess in a way like if you're the only person addicted to said uh i don't know game or whatever app it might be a little um alienating if you're the only person that's suffering from such a condition not a condition from such a situation i guess if you feel like you're the only person that's unable to cope with this kind of addiction then you might feel like uh you're inferior to everyone else. I guess it ties back into self-esteem that you mentioned. But in terms of social impacts, I think I was more talking about like like how this person might interact with their family. Because like for example, interventions exist, right? But a lot of times interventions aren't successful. So, why do you think that might be? Do you think yeah. I guess it's because the addicted person doesn't want to be seen as like a charity case. No, 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 like 
they don't want to be uh, intervened upon. Like, if you know what I mean, they don't want to fix their problem because you know, you know what I mean, right? Like, they sure, don't, sure. they don't yeah, want yeah. their problem to be fixed because, by definition, they're doing it compulsively. It's something that they almost need to, uh, yeah, to get along, right? So some people might deny the help that's out there, like rehabilitation or something like that. But given, I think we're talking in like extremities. If we go back to what's seen more often, like video game addiction, then I mean, like personally, I know I'm addicted to like at least one video game, but I wouldn't want someone to stop making me addicted. I think the- And, and why not? Why not? Like say, like say your mom walked into your room right now and like told you that you needed to talk and she said she's noticed your behavior has changed and she's worried about you like why would you probably feel more averse to that than accepting towards it um okay to preface this my behavior has not changed i am a normal individual um i know i'm just kidding mm -hmm. am i in denial no okay anyway um the thing is i guess i value personally i value the enjoyment i get out of um the game more than the negative like impacts it has on myself and my studies. I think rather than not uh, engage at all in video games and for, uh, and probably study more, I'd rather be addicted to, be a little addicted to one game or one app or one social media platform and also do a little worse in studies. Because like the value I get out of it, I don't think it outweighs the impacts that it has personally. Okay, but what you're describing is an economic bad fallacy, which is the idea that like people within society measure their choices based on like the utility it brings them versus the cost they get out of it. But realistically, that's not how most people make decisions. I like most of us don't even put on seatbelts when we get into a car, even though it costs us nothing. You don't. And it could literally save our life. I like I would say quite a lot of people just don't put on seatbelts, right? So I think I. I don't really buy that that's how most people make decisions. Like, I don't think people track the utility that it brings them versus the social cost. I think, I think people do. Like, for example, making every decision is kind of like um, a trade. Like, you trade one thing for another. If you read a book, then you can't, um, I don't know, read another book. I can't think of anything right now. If you make an appointment, you can't go to another one or you can't go to the gym. Like, when you make that decision, you automatically weigh like the opportunity cost of making the decision versus not making it. So I think it is how people think, right? I think probably one of the most urgent and obvious cases of addiction out there, uh, especially among youth, is probably like drug addiction. Uh, because I think the statistics for this are staggeringly high, like much higher than people would expect. Uh, I think according Wait, you said you found a statistic on the number of students that admit to drug abuse. I saw I saw something um, on a let me find it on a rehabilitation site called the Cabin Hong Kong that eighty one percent of students admit to drug abuse. I don't know about the accuracy of that statistic, and also I saw something that apparently the average age that students start to abuse drugs is fifteen. But true or not, it kind of reflects the severity of the situation. Okay, that is a bit worrying. He said that's true, that dad. Yeah. Anyway, okay, according to uh, the survey, like, I'm not sure if that's from the same website, but according to a survey, 
uh, the average age that students apparently start to take drugs is around 15. Uh, do you know the scope of the survey, like what countries it uh, recorded? Uh, well, I mean, it was a Hong Kong-based site, but it didn't specify country, so... Oh, wait, no, 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 it was Hong Kong, actually. I think it's also important to note, like, what does drug abuse specifically mean? Because I think if you, like, you know, take a sip of alcohol once in a while, like your parents give it to you, then that's surely not drug abuse. But the survey might have measured things. Because I don't think you can ask someone, do you abuse drugs? I think it's more likely that the survey asked, like, have you taken drugs in the past month? In which case it becomes, in which case it becomes very wishy-washy. But the point of it is, like, youth addiction is, especially to drugs, is probably much higher than we know or could possibly say. On a different website, I read that a few years back, there were like reports of parents giving their kids so-called like smart pills. And basically this was literally just like Adderall and like other drugs that supposedly enhance like cognitive abilities and alertness to increase oh the self-confidence of students. And this is like very worrying. So I think the moral of this is like, don't listen to your parents. <laughs> no, no, we can't say that. I'm actually going to cut this. Like, people are going to take this out of context. <laughs> I don't know, it's funny. Okay, fine, whatever. We'll see. We're hitting 40-something minutes. I kind of want to cut it. I, I really want to cut it. I, I don't want to edit for like four hours, man. Right, the next time, the next time my parents <laughs> tell me to like eat some Chinese delicacy or whatever, I'm going to be like, how do I know this is an Adderall? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Destroying Family Relationships with Sociable, Episode 4. Okay, so at this point, the title of the episode's just kind of like a tagline for where we start off, but where the conversation goes, it's kind of random. I think that's fine. I mean, we said we wanted this to be more, like, conversational, and it is. I think we that's fine. lose a lot of audience retention on the way, but sacrifices must be made. Okay. This is yeah. fun. This is, uh... It was fun. This is... Alright, so this episode obviously was much, much, much longer than usual. I know we sent out a poll that was saying, um, how long do you want the episode to be? And the result was, like, mid-20 minutes or so. And this is clearly over 20-something minutes. In fact, the timeline now says it's around, like, 15 minutes. I don't know how, uh, much I'll, of it I'll edit out in post-production. But if you made it this far, uh, thank you so much for bearing with us. I hope it was an enjoyable, however long it may be, minutes. We strayed off a lot, and do you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, personally I had a lot of fun recording this, even if we went very off topic. Uh, if there are any, like, particular things about addiction that uh, we didn't cover and probably should have, uh, I'd probably encourage people to uh, bring that up in the wrap-up or response. Which you can do at our Instagram account, at sociable underscore official. Please don't say, is it a dot? Because it's an underscore. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you and bye. Bye.